You know how these things begin, but long ago in a distant land, far, far away, well, perhaps not too far away in our cultural memory. Anyway, once upon a time in King Solomon's court, we find a man named Benaiah. Now, Benaiah was a man of resolve. He served as the captain of the guard for the king, and he took his position in life very seriously, always fulfilling the duties of his job without exception. He was exacting, committed, and driven. Uh, to serve his king was his joy and purpose. And one day, King Solomon overheard Benaiah boasting to his fellow soldiers, I can accomplish any task the king sets before me. Now, this was unusual behavior, for Benaiah was often a quiet man who fulfilled his duties without boasting and without pride. Solomon took note of this, and being a king that luxuriated in wealth and excess, he thought it would be fun to teach Benaiah a lesson, to humble him. And so Solomon thought, I will give Benaiah an impossible task, a task that no man, no matter what, could accomplish then Benaiah will no longer boast about how he can do anything to serve me. Solomon called for Benaiah, and my king, Benaiah said as he approached, I, I come to serve. Ah, Benaiah, my loyal servant, I require your assistance, Solomon grinned. Anything for you, sire, Benaiah bowed. I've heard rumors of a certain magical ring. My heart longs to own it and I need you to obtain it for me. Benaiah knew immediately he could do this for the king. Anything you wish is my command. Describe the ring so that I might set forth immediately and find it for you. Solomon smiled even more widely, uh, for the ring he wanted did not exist. He told Benaiah, bring me a ring that can make a happy person sad and a sad person happy. You have six months to do this for me. Now, Benaiah had never heard of such a thing. No one had, but nonetheless, he replied, I will search the whole world if I must and bring you the ring you desire. Benaiah set off in search of the ring, stopping at the first uh, marketplace he could find in the city. He visited every goldsmith in Jerusalem, but no one had ever heard of such a ring. Many of them laughed at Benaiah, thinking he was joking. Who is this fool who seeks uh, such a ring for the king? Surely he is mad, they thought. Benaiah went to the silversmiths, and, uh, well, surprise, they had never heard of such a ring either. Benaiah began to wonder if this magical ring was from a distant land, not from Jerusalem. So he set out to meet the caravans traveling from afar. He approached uh, uh, the merchants. Um, uh, they sold precious metals, gems, even approached spice merchants. And he asked, have you ever seen a magical ring that can make a happy person sad and a sad person happy? Many of them, of course, laughed. No one had heard of this ring, not even the camel drivers. And so Benaiah then went to the ports where ship's captains from afar had anchored their ships. He asked each captain if they had ever heard of this magical ring. Each captain shook their head. No one could help Benaiah on this quest. Months passed, and Benaiah met every caravan that passed and visited every ship that sailed into port. He sought out jewelers far and wide. It seemed as though for the first time, Benaiah was going to fail to do what the king had asked of him. Benaiah was feeling understandably downhearted and miserable. His Pride was being wounded here. 
The day before, he was supposed to bring the ring to Solomon. Benaiah went back to the first marketplace he had visited. And he was worried and distraught. He was fretting. And he searched the jewelry stalls once more. The merchants still laughed at him. And as he passed a ragged boy selling some crude rings and bracelets set out on a rug beside the road, Benaiah paused and thought to himself, I might as well check here too. I, I cannot leave any stone unturned. And so he asked the boy, do you have a magical ring that can make a sad person happy and a happy person sad? The boy shook his head and said, I have no such ring. And Benaiah was crushed. He was certain he had failed in his quest. Now, the boy's grandfather overheard the conversation and stepped out to meet Benaiah on the road. He said, I just might have the ring you are looking for. The old man took a plain golden band from the rug and engraved some words on it. He handed it to Benaiah, and the moment Benaiah looked at the ring <laughs> and read the words, his sadness lifted, and he laughed. With all of his frustration, anger, and hopelessness washing away from the past six months, he exclaimed, this is it, this is the ring. And so he returned to the palace. And the next day, Benaiah entered King Solomon's court, and there was a great feast in progress. And, and Solomon, Solomon was understandably in a celebratory mood, laughing with his guests, drinking and eating. And Solomon saw Benaiah enter and thought to himself, I will let, not let him suffer too long. The humiliation of the past six months is enough. Once he admits he failed to accomplish my request, I will admit I gave him an impossible task so that he could be humbled. Benaiah bowed and presented the ring to Solomon. The king took it in his hand with bemusement. Surely this wasn't what he was looking for. And the moment the king's eyes looked upon the ring, his cheerful smile vanished from his face. The king looked around the feast. The laughing, the celebration, the joy, his friends, his family, people he loved dearly. All of the luxuriousness, the gold and the fine fabrics, everything. He looked at all of that and realized that one day his life would be dust. Everything before him would be dust. The ring Benaiah brought to the king was inscribed with the Hebrew letters Gimel, Zayin, and Yud, which stood for the saying, Gamze Ya'avor, this too shall pass. This ring with these words could bring comfort and relief to someone struggling with grief or misfortune, but they could also humble a king and remind him that his rule would come to pass. It was indeed a magical ring, and his loyal captain had brought it to him. And so Solomon took Benaiah in his arms and begged forgiveness for trying to test him. He gave him his ruby ring um, and he handed it off to Benaiah and he placed the simple gold band with the words, this too shall pass on his finger. And Solomon would wear this ring from then on for it offered wisdom and balance for the rest of his life. This story comes to us from some murky backgrounds. It's Persian in origin. Uh, at least people think. The characters often change. Sometimes it's just an Eastern monarch in the early English translations. Other times it's a Sufi mystic. Uh, this version comes from Jewish folklore. The story is almost always the same. A person of great power seeks to humble a boastful steward 
by seeking for an impossible item, only to be humbled upon the steward's return. In many ways, it's an early Lord of the Rings, a quest for the Holy Grail, common themes that go way back. Seek and you shall find, the humblest of things are the most powerful, and so on and so forth. I've been thinking of this story a lot as the clock inched toward the year 2021, and I've also committed myself to never wondering ever again if the 2020s will be our version of the Roaring Twenties. I don't know about you, but I'm not liking the roar so far. But I've thought about this, this story, every time someone has said they can't wait for the year to end, that 2021 will be better. Now, I don't want to be a complete killjoy, but I've thought a lot about the power of magical thinking these days. It's neither good nor bad in this instance, but it has lifted people's moods. It's given them some hope. And yet, the reality is, we have at least six months, probably nine months, maybe even more, of seeking and searching ahead of all of us, of still finding our way through this pandemic world. Some events will transpire that can give us hope. But still, whenever someone says, farewell 2020 <laughs> and welcome 2021, I think of Benaiah and King Solomon. And let's make no mistake about it, 2020 wasn't the year any of us expected. There was some good, and yet the pandemic was everywhere, in everything. You couldn't even ask, how are you, without recognizing what we were dealing with. Birthdays, weddings, celebrations, good news, election results, everything had COVID all over it. And still we sought an end. And for right now, for many of us, mentally, it's 2021. For us here in the early days of 2021, the passing of days and the hope for the future is the ring of the story we just heard. This too shall pass is the heartbeat beneath it all. The celebrations of a couple days ago will pass. The inauguration of a new president will pass. COVID will pass. Joy and celebration will pass. Sorrow and hopelessness will pass too. And there's an amusing tension in being human. We know, we really do, deep down, surely it's in our very molecules that everything will pass, even us. And yet something in our nature wants to hold on for dear life, to find a quick fix, to find that magical ring. We're not too keen on a ring that'll make us sad, but anything that will dissipate the clouds is our goal. And I don't lift that up because it's bad. It very well, very well might just be our nature and that's that. But we can recognize that and laugh at it and struggle with it too. And so here we are in this new year, searching for that thing or list of things that will lift despair and hopelessness. Many of you have your resolutions, and something tells me um, that going to the gym is not high on a lot of people's lists this year. But for several years now, we've gathered around a New Year's tradition that has us casting our hopes, our fears, our joys, our sorrows into pools of water, wells, of, if you will, wells of community, wells of discernment, wells of possibility. We do so simply with dissolvable paper, and slowly but surely, whatever we put on that paper would melt away. And it creates, a, the more you add, a cloudy, mucky mess in those bowls of water. And then we would remind ourselves that that's life. It's mucky. It's cloudy. 
sometimes hard to see through. And that, that's community too. Uh, such as the one we're a part of here at UUCL. It's just as cloudy. And yet we can still put forth all that is our lives, mingling it into the mess, for there is a greater hope. And that greater hope tells us that we are not alone. I'm not going to discourage you from searching for that one thing that will cure all things. Go ahead. I'm all for a personal Indiana Jones-style search for the good and the right it's in such personal quests that we find moments of relief, moments that work, moments that we can share with one another. So go, go right ahead. But what I will do is remind you that whatever you find on such a quest, this too shall pass. Right now, we are not peering into a crisp, clear well of possibility, or even a mysterious well of discernment, or even the complex, murky well of community. No, 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 no. <laughs> We are at the very bottom of the well. We're in that well right at the bottom. And the well has run dry. And we can't easily climb out. So what does one do? The only thing we can do, call out for help. I believe there's a freedom in realizing that we're all in this mess together, New Year or not. The hope here for us is not in making resolutions. It's not in impossible quests. It begins to emerge when we admit that this, like everything, everything will pass. But it is truly discovered when we acknowledge we are not in this alone, that we enter into this new year in this community. And so here in the infancy of 2021, I'm thinking of things that will pass away. Not just COVID or uh, the terms of office for a politician, but I'm thinking of things closer to home, right here, in the heart. What have I been holding on to or endlessly searching for this past year that, well, it's time to let go. It's time to release it into the well. For the well will not run dry forever. The rains will come, spring will return, and it might not be until this new year is nearly over, but that time is coming. This too shall pass, this moment here and the moment to come. And I don't really know what to do now. What do I do? Do I end this with Happy New Year? Or do I just state the plain fact of the thing? New Year! Blessed be. Amen.